joined by the queen of loyalty, Gillian Dimoff, strategic account executive at Cheetah Digital. Gillian, I want a queen. Is that regal enough for you? Maybe you should like take me down a notch. No, 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 no. I've I'm the Fergie of loyalty. Yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> We're going to tackle a business challenge we often face when chatting to brands interested in loyalty and offer a solution up for it. Kayla, would you like to set the queen off on a merry rant? Yeah, so one of the big things that I think everyone can relate to is just the evolving needs and expectations of customers. With the changing landscape of loyalty and how we see the desire for customers or program members to have more in their programs that go beyond discounts or points that, you know, things are evolving to the emotional state where they're able to redeem points for things, you know, for a catalog of, of items that are personalized and based on their data and spend uh, behaviors, but also that it's something that is meaningful where they can earn for sharing on social media or for referrals and things that are going beyond the, um, the points aspect. And so that also the brand is top of mind, even when they are not in that location. Jillian, I mean, you firsthand have had the opportunity to talk to a lot of these brands and understand a lot of their concerns with that. This aspect that every brand needs to weigh what their options are. Do they stay with their their current vendor or their current partner, their loyalty partner, to help them evolve the current program? Do they, um, you know, enter into some sort of a change order or a modification that may take nine months or a year to implement and it could be costly. And so you're kind of, um, you know, adding these changes on, you know, which could be in a piecemeal way rather than shifting over to a technology that is not based on some kind of um, legacy uh, architecture that is flexible and that can help support any kind of a vision that a marketer might have for the program and that's supported by real technology that is um, sort of like the cutting edge, uh, most innovative technology that's available so that as the program evolves over time, those changes can be very easily made quickly in a cost-effective way. Why is it so difficult or so challenging to adapt an existing loyalty program? If you kind of take a look out um, at what's in the market. When you look at, you know, some of the retail programs that are out there, they do still feel very similar and how they've been for the last probably, you know, 15 years or so. So um, I think that the challenge is that you have a technology that's probably been around for just as long and to tell it to now point towards social media, sometimes they need to find a, a partner to do that because they don't have, um, the technology doesn't have the ability to pull in non-transactional behaviors like social media sharing. Um, and, you know, probably 10 years ago, they were going to have to pull in um, a sprinkler or, or one of those third parties to help capture those kinds of things so that they could then um, convert them and monetize them into a currency. Um, but you know, having a, a platform that's already able to do it on its own kind of cuts out some of that um, heavy lifting. But then there's also 
this prioritization aspect too with the with the vendor and with the brand that has to happen and you know it can be still taxing on the brand's internal resources because there still might be some kind of um, level of effort on their part as well. Just to, to set it up for someone like myself who is is a member of several loyalty programs but is, isn't like an expert by any means like a traditional loyalty program would that really have consisted of purchase behaviors and getting points for that and maybe coupons and then reductions or offers is that the limited nature of scope or does it go a little bit beyond that i'm just i'm trying to think of the 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 basics before we then imagined what a better one could look like yeah i would say that's about right and um you know for a lot of brands it was pretty much like a five percent um kickback rate so if I spend a hundred dollars I get five dollars back and um you know it could be like one point per dollar and sometimes there would be some uh you know bonus or point uh multiplier in place for certain types of promotions but that was sort of the gist of it you know there wasn't the ability to reward for doing surveys or challenges or social media sharing. So you're sort of like in this very transactional box. Is that quite costly? If it, I, I know that obviously you would work out in advance the, the mechanics of the program, how much money would be, I guess, pushed back to the consumer as a reward or as, as part of their loyalty. But can it be, can it be not crippling, but can it be, take up too much time and resource or or financial investment to keep this this going yeah i mean there is you know before you would implement the program you would create a financial model and your vendor would help you put that together your your loyalty partner just to see you know what would make the most sense and of course you don't want to reward members for non-transactional behaviors in the same way that you would reward transactional behaviors because you know sharing on social media um, does not give the benefit that an actual purchase would make but we still want to incentivize those so that um, because we know that uh, customers are influenced by word of mouth and that they are something around like 60 percent more likely to purchase with a brand if they see a friend or someone that they follow on social media recommends that brand or shares something from that brand. And it's true, um, you know, even in hospitality and retail, sort of all over the board as far as um, categories go. So, you know, how do we determine what the best way to do that is? And we are at Cheat are big proponents of test and learn. And so, you know, it's possible and we have seen it with clients where we put a program in and then we make adjustments accordingly after we sort of go through this this learning phase and determine you know are we um, incentivizing behaviors that would otherwise happen or do we feel like we're giving too much and how do we you know kind of pull that back a little bit if brands are looking to redo this strategy let's say that they decide to go with the other piece so instead of doing patchwork technology like let's rip and replace go with a new new platform what are some of the new trends that you're seeing in loyalty that brands should be considering making sure that they're the product that they're looking at is capable of implementing like what are some big questions or problems we're seeing 
So I think a lot of it is um, using data in a smart way. You know, are we able to do um, machine learning where we're, you know, taking a set of behaviors, you know, or we're targeting customers um, and offering them different types of promotions and seeing how those sort of um, pan out and what makes the most sense for the program. So I would say, you know, machine learning is absolutely um, one of those, but I think using data to offer personalization. So, you know, if you and I are part of the same program, is my, uh, are my promotions or are my incentives or my communications or my reward offerings different than what you're getting? Because they should be. So if you and I um, both go to Panera, let's say, Am I, and I love broccoli cheddar soup in a bread bowl and you really Which, are. If you soup. didn't, you'd be a mad person. It I, would be, that would be absolutely insane. I'm just proud that Julian and I finally agree on a food or beverage. If you and I go there and we have different sorts of behaviors, what kind of rewards are we getting? Am I getting offered a baguette, even though I would never buy a baguette or I have not ever bought a baguette? Uh, you know, or is my reward offering in line with my behaviors? You know, or if I fill out my profile and I say I'm gluten-free, are you offering me a baguette? We have to use the data in the right way. And I know that it doesn't sound like it's specifically loyalty, but I think that when customers feel like you understand them and that there's less friction and that you're, um, offering them things that are that are meaningful that they're they're more likely to transact with you because i'm gonna say you know what that does make sense i do want that offer and i'm gonna go in you know to the location or i'm gonna place my order online to redeem that offer and probably purchase more did you ever get hurt by a baguette because that is a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's uh I mean, i've heard some some negative tones before but no one has ever ever gone after the baguette with such a <laughs> fury as, as yourself but i like a baguette but i like it like with my like like cheese platter Gerard so Julian, what we're saying in this case is we've got the purchasing purchasing history the ability of a proper data platform powering you know a loyalty program to sort of start seeing trends serving up people content and offers that resonate with them and it could be you and you and kayla could have gone to the same panera at the exact same time maybe even spent the exact same dollar amount but one of you because we we know your interests are going to get a better offer and a better piece of your um, loyalty program which hopefully will resonate with you and then keep you coming back for more. Let's just pretend that there is actually some kind of a, a redemption or a, um, a choice, right? So I could even choose, you know, if I have a thousand points and I have the ability to choose between a cup of soup or a cookie, you know, that that's basically because you know that my spend behavior shows that those are things that are interesting to me. Oatmeal cookies, good breakfast food, or only sometimes food? 
Okay, that's not that's not quite the area that we're looking okay, at. Okay, okay, so, about this one. Okay, sure. Okay, why do sugar plums only dance in me head, not in me mouth? Okay. Why are brands, and it doesn't have to be uh, lunch lunch or dinner brands, but all brands, retail brands, CPG brands. Why is it that they are facing these challenges? Is it the way that people can be expecting to be communicated with offers as well? Is that another limiting factor? Uh, is, do, do traditional loyalty uh, platforms mainly, is it through email based? Do we need to be more flexible with, with text or push notifications and things like that? Or is that not really a, a big issue here? Yeah, I think that you, you know, best practice is to meet the customer where they are. You know, so if their preferred method of communication is text or, you know, if I'm in the vicinity of a location, are you going to send me a push notification? You know, maybe it's, uh, you know, if we're using geolocation types of tactics to communicate with the customer, you know, all of those definitely make sense. And, you know, is your loyalty partner able to uh, enable those kinds of communications and to meet the customer where they are. And I think, you know, basically the, the theme of everything is to meet the customer where they are. So, you know, if customers don't want to just be recognized for transactions, then we need to be wherever they need to be. We've partnered with eConsultancy and we did a ton of research and we surveyed all these consumers and you know, going back to talking about meeting the consumers where they are, only 7% of consumers who are buying with these brands aren't loyal because they aren't being communicated to or encouraged to be loyal. So why is it that you think brands are struggling to create these loyalty programs or even if they have them, do you think that it's more of a matter of they're just not finding the right channel or way to communicate that to their customers. There is sort of like this um, operationalized, you know, approach to implementing a program too. So if your frontline, uh, like your cashiers or your salespeople don't understand the program or, um, you know, aren't passionate about the program, then it's hard for them to tell customers about it and to, you know, help them enroll in the program. So there's, there's that aspect of it. But then um, if they don't know, if a customer doesn't know what the benefits are or what the promotions are, and they're not getting communicated to an effective way, then obviously there's sort of like that gap that can happen there. Um, but I think that the, you know, there's a lot of brands that have, uh, these platforms that they're utilizing that just aren't able to uh, kind of bring their vision to life. And so they're sort of trying to act within the confines of the technology. Doing a ton of research around some of these stats that are in the market. So I'm going to throw another one out at you. But Forrester recently released this report um, that was the future of enterprise marketing. And in, in that report, one of the things that they said is that 39% um, of marketers are trying to figure out ways to integrate online and offline interactions, but they just haven't figured out a good way to do that. And so when people are 
when marketers are going through and they're saying, you know, we just aren't sure that we want to make the investment in this. We just don't know if this is the right time, but we're seeing that there's a value there, right? We're seeing that they need to create these online and offline interaction connections so that they have one customer and one way to communicate and one kind of data set to go back to so that they can communicate correctly. Um, what, what would you say to them in terms of like, hey, this is actually valuable and it's worth the hurdle of, you know, getting into this new tech? Yeah, I think that it can be really scary because if you were part of the uh, procurement of the original technology, then, you know, that can be kind of scary to, to not admit, but to uh, acknowledge that, you know, you sort of outgrown this technology, you know, and where does that kind of leave you in, in your internal battle with your stakeholders um, to now advocate for a new technology? And then there is also this aspect of cost. So does it make sense to stay with your existing partner, but to incur additional cost? And you've already, in, you know, invested a lot of time and and money but also internal resources to make your program you know as successful as it as it could be um, and gotten it to this point so um, at what point do you agree that you you know having multiple change orders and to sort of piecemeal these enhancements over time in a way that may not be optimal or ideal and that instead of API integrations and in a real-time experience that you're maybe even kind of doing something that's more batch file and something that just feels a little bit clunky from a customer experience perspective and are you willing to say you know what I'm willing to convert my existing program and spend a few hundred thousand dollars to convert it onto a platform that I know is going to be flexible and that's going to be able to handle all of my enhancements ongoing and this vision that is um, able to integrate with emerging technologies. And so, you know, the, the value is going to extend and the cost effectiveness, you know, for the next, you know, several years instead of trying to sort of uh, reverse engineer something into your existing platform. Janine, is that, because you, you're dealing with this every day, like, well, pretty much. <laughs> you're having these conversations with people who are going through this uh, um and ah right now. Is there a typical tipping point or is this something that they, they acknowledge or because you need you if you're that change agent who is is already as you said already signed up for this existing loyalty program but now acknowledges perhaps it's not the best suited for the changing times and what they need to go forward is there a, a, a any sort of key things that will push the decision one way or the other yeah i think that there's definitely like a build up of frustration um you know reporting and insights are lacking and so therefore the program can't be optimized because you're lacking this, you know, very key component, or there's frustrations um, with being able to evolve the program and that you feel like your partner's kind of holding, holding you back a little bit and that you, you know, obviously brands are very competitive and especially now things, 
you know, for offline versus online are, are very competitive too. And investing in something that can help you capture uh, and acknowledge those offline orders, you know, in light of COVID and everything else that's going on, you know, is going to help you move forward. And we're seeing other brands that invested in, in digital marketing and loyalty are doing, you know, are very successful right now because they have the tools that they yep. need and they were able to pivot, you know, instantly when everything happened. On this, so say we've, we've, we've overcome some of the challenges that you've done such a good job in talking to the person, they go, all right, yeah, I'm, I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking of changing. I was a bit scared, but I do acknowledge it's the right thing to do. And I've, 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 I've sucked the lemon internally. That's definitely a phrase. <laughs> um, practically speaking, and again, we're going to come at it from the cheetah perspective, because that's who we are in our lovely print. Me to agree to going on to the new loyalty program, one that I would like to keep my legacy or existing members on. And how does that look? And, and don't worry about the onboarding stuff, just in terms of what would be the sort of solution that we would pitch as someone to say, you're on this, we're going to move you to this. And these are the things that we can help with. What would need to happen for? We don't need to sort of recreate everything all at once. You know, maybe we just do sort of a, what we would call a lift and shift. So we take your existing value proposition and, you know, the different types of, um, you know, elements that you have in the program, maybe you already have refer a friend, maybe you have sort of a retro transaction claim. So if I was a customer and I didn't get my points, I could, you know, submit, you know, I don't know, details from a receipt or scan a receipt to get those. Okay, we can do all of that, no big deal, right? So what we do is we would just convert the data we take you know data from your existing um you know data warehouse from your existing provider point of sale what have you and we convert it onto our platform and from there we're able to start learning and we're able to um use the technologies that are already native to the platform like machine learning and you know we're you know we can decide um, just acquiring that kind of data, you know, what makes sense. Now we can implement different types of testing and maybe we don't um, publish, publish these, um, you know, these different elements. So maybe we have hidden tiers and now we're just kind of uh, in the background trying to learn what incentivizes behaviors and we're pushing out offers and we have, you know, maybe we're using some, some type of control group so that we can see what should the program look like going forward. And if we feel like uh, members were very um, responsive to different types of program tactics or engagement tactics, then we can start you know, making those core to the program going forward. With COVID, the importance of a loyalty program has certainly been highlighted again. Um, to the point that you've already made that a lot of the brands that are sort of coping a bit better right now are just the ones with more information and, and more relationship with their with their customers. If you could sum up the importance of loyalty now and going forward, um, what what are they? I mean, if I'm, I'm I don't know if there are any skeptics anymore with with loyalty, but if you are that that grump in the room, the one who sat in the squeaky chair at the back, sort of just like you know chewing on sunflower seeds. <laughs> spitting them on the ground how would you address the the loyalty grump 
So I think that loyalty is crucial to maintaining the customer relationship as far as uh, retaining customers and avoiding churn more now than ever. And customers are going to identify with brands that understand them, but also understand the magnitude and the impact that the brand and the customer can have on the world today. So we have clients right now that are doing these tremendous give back sorts of um, charitable donations or contributions to frontline customer or frontline workers. And, you know, what's the emotional component of that, that a customer is going to identify with? Can I use my points to, um, to donate them to, towards a worthy cause? Or there's some, I think Chipotle was doing something where you buy a burrito and then they donate one to a frontline worker. I mean, there's things like that, that have an emotional uh, appeal. And so, you know, if I am a, a Chipotle customer, that's going to be, you know, very meaningful for me. And it's going to resonate with me more than a competitor. And so I think that it's also what we're doing from a social responsibility perspective. And that's going to, you know, create a, a stronger tie with your customers. But even now that, you know, with social distancing, you know, how is that going to change the customer relationship in the store as well? I think that we'll see a lot more um, things go to e-commerce and sort of that, um, you know, online or digital marketing aspect of things. And how are we going to engage customers? And it's going to go beyond a barrage of of emails and that it has to be personalized and it, the data has to be used in a meaningful way. Fa, 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 fa.